Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... This is why God has done what he has done in creating the church and why we must be part of the church and the church is to teach the word of God. People think that church is a place that we just go to. The church is much more than a place we go to. The church is, is, is if you will, is God's trophy case of grace. Did you know that the church is one of the most important things in the plan of God? It's easy for us to discount the church because of all its problems, but it is the place where God has chosen to reveal his wisdom. In Ephesians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul teaches us that when Christ's church is immersed in the worship of God, the love of God, and the word of God, it preaches not only to the seen world, but the unseen world as well. This explains why the unseen world works hard to tell you that it doesn't matter what kind of church you attend, or if you attend at all. Today, we will see God feels quite differently about that. Here's Pastor Jim. This guy was overwhelmed with the grace of God. He knew he was a persecutor of the church when he was known as Saul as Tarsus, the, 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 the uh, Pharisee who was going out, you know, trying to break up the churches and break up the faith. This is not false humility for him to say that he's less or he is the least. Sadly, we live in an age of celebrity pastors. It's absolutely disgusting. And it is amazing how many of them God has taken down. It is amazing how many of them let their fame and popularity go to their head. They thought they would never, ever succumb to certain things. And before they know it, they're knee deep, they're neck deep in sin. And you find out that a lot of people in the church knew all along And this is what they'll say, oh, but he was such a good teacher. Oh, come on now. No power, no spirit. He might be entertaining. He might be a great communicator. But there's no no power in in, in the word that such a person brings forth. But also, I think we live in the age where people want to be thought of sometimes as celebrity servants. Like, I want people to see what I do. I want people to notice what I do. I want people to constantly thank me for what I do. Serving God is thanks enough. It's not that we we shouldn't thank people and and say, hey, you did a good job, or we're really blessed with the the service that you're giving yourself. That's fine. But, But listen, don't be looking for it. Don't be looking for it. You know, I, I tell everybody quite often who asks me about preaching, I always say, you know, really, you people are here, I see you, I love you, but the audience is one. He's sitting in the far back corner. You can turn around and look, you won't see him, but I see him. It's the Lord Jesus sitting there with his arms folded, saying, what are you talking about? <laughs> what are you doing? Get to the point. But, the, but we serve an audience of one. You see, here's the problem. When you become a celebrity or want to become a celebrity, 
You are no longer a servant of the foot-washing servant. And that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. That only comes through prayerfully thinking through the word of God, prayerfully thinking through the grace of God, keeping our eyes focused keenly upon Jesus and our own sinfulness, and thinking about the cross and repentance and how Jesus forgives sins. So let's get to that thing we can't miss about him. In verse 5, he said about himself that he's one of the holy apostles. And in verse 8, he said he's one of the, he's the least of all the saints. Saints are not all dead people who did good stuff. Uh, saints are all living people. So you're all saints, right? You're all saints. So after the service tonight, uh, don't call me Apostle Jim, but you can call me Saint Jim if you want. That's fine. All right. So, so that, that's what we all are because we're all God's set apart people. Now, in, in 1 Timothy 1.15, the Apostle Paul calls himself the chief of sinners. So which is it? Are you a holy apostle or are you a chief of sinner? Exactly. Yes. Somebody's, somebody's well taught there. <laughs> yes, exactly. Both are true. Followers of Jesus are holy because they've been set apart by God. We are sinners made holy by God not by ourselves. And the further the Apostle Paul goes into Christ, the further you and I go into Christ, the bigger Christ is and the smaller we are. Interesting thing about this guy, Paul. His name was Saul of Tarsus. Saul, the big, proud king before King David. And he changes his name to Paul, and Paul means small. So he went from being Mr. Big Man to being small in the eyes of God. And that should be the case for us as we grow in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you think... Or you ever think, let me put it to you that way, or whenever you think you can't be used of God, remember this passage. Maybe that's why we need to bring our own Bible right in the, right in the thing. God wants to use me too, right in the margin. Remember this passage. Believe God. Not believe in God, believe God. And be teachable. Be teachable. After meeting the risen Christ, the Apostle Paul was willing to drop his old ways of thinking and living and become a servant. And as you experience the grace of God, and this is going to be tough for some people, and you aren't so easily offended. Some Christians are way too easily offended. Do you see Jesus Christ being offended on the cross? Do you see the apostles being offended? I can't believe I'm here. This is what I get for helping people. Gosh, I can't even get somebody to bring me a decent meal from Ephesus. What's going on with that? You don't see any of that stuff. And as we experience the grace of God and we're not so easily offended, God will enable you to serve in different capacities. And we're going to talk about that that Sunday. I mean, this Sunday, God is preparing Peter and the apostles for something big. 
So let's finish verse 8. We didn't finish it. Uh, To me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given. By the way, that's the third time he said that. This is a guy in prison for three years. I don't care if it's house arrest. You can't leave. Talk about getting cabin fever. This is the third time he says it. He considers the whole thing to be a privilege. He's like, oh, I can't believe I'm here. God doesn't love me anymore. He's forgotten about me. No, he keeps talking about the grace of God being given to him in the midst of such difficulty. He says, this grace was given that I should preach. What does it mean to preach? It simply means to announce the good news. So did you ever tell someone the good news on your job? Then why do you wonder why they call you the preacher? Because you are. You're announcing the good news that I should preach among the Gentiles. Now look at this. The unsearchable riches of Christ and make all see, some versions say make it plain, what is the fellowship of the mystery, something we're all a part of this mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ. So so why did God give such grace to the Apostle Paul? He tells us here to proclaim the unsearchable riches of Christ to all people. Can you give me three minutes on the soapbox? Three minutes, please. I got the microphone. There's nothing you can do. He says he has been given grace, privilege, to proclaim the unsearchable riches of Christ to all people. Many people in the church in America feel, now I'm up on the soapbox, many people in the church in America feel, even, dare I say, especially pastors, that to proclaim Christ every week to people will be boring. And so that's why they teach a bunch of self-help sermons. Because they think that people being told over and over and over again the riches of Christ will bore the socks off them. The Apostle Paul one trillion percent disagrees. Disagrees. And I'll tell you, man, he would rebuke so much of what goes on for preaching today like there's no tomorrow. The apostle is teaching us that we will never exhaust what we can make plain and passionate to the people of God about Christ. And if you want to pray something for me, I people always say, what do we pray for you, Pastor Jim? I always say, number one, that I don't do anything stupid. Land my name in the newspaper or something like that. But also pray for me that week in and week out that God enables me to make the unsearchable riches of Christ plain and passionate to people. So they're like, I got it. I got it. Even the unbelieving people would leave here and go, I understood every word that guy said. I understood it all. I don't believe it, 
He does. But he does. And so that is what, that is what, and when people would think that that is boring to people, it makes you wonder about the souls of people. The goal of preaching and the goal of evangelism, friends, is not to be great at it. It's to be plain. It's to be simple. And it's to draw attention not to yourself, but to draw attention to our great Savior. All right, I'm off the box. Helping people to see by making the message plain to bring the light of the gospel to people is an important concept for all of us to aspire to. And it's not only for speaking with unbelieving people, but also for our Christian brothers and sisters to constantly help each one of us remain Christ-centered, to keep Christ central. And that is to be what is central in our church. Verse 10 is a monster intimidating verse. Uh, it, it's, been, it's been well called by a few different people that, it, that if God had, a, do you ever go to a company and there's a mission statement hanging up? That if God had a mission statement, this is it. This is it, verse 10, uh, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be, now don't think, well, maybe it might and maybe it might not. No, it means it must be made known by the church to the principalities and powers of the heavenly places. So, so God has got this thing called the manifold wisdom. We'll talk about that in a second. And he wants it to be made known by who? By us. Not only to the people on the earth, but to the unseen world too. You think it's important to be part of a church? You better believe it is. You better believe it is. We are preachers to the unseen world. Verse 11. According to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Very clear. Christ is the one who is central to God's plan. Verse 12, in whom we, individual Christians and the church, have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Here we see, and this is not, this is not a soapbox. This is, this is talking about what he just said. A high view of Christ must also include a high view of the church. I've met plenty of people that say, I can't take church. You know, I, it, 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 it's full of sinners. It's a pain in the neck. It's inconvenient. And I go, I hear you, I hear you, I hear you. But it's a commandment, man. But it's a commandment. And, and we have to have a high view of church and its importance in the plan of God, not just here on earth. We are to make known the manifold wisdom of God in the heavenly places. So what is the manifold wisdom of God? Well, it's, it's the glory of, he's, in this context, he's been talking about the glory of God's plan of salvation through the king being crucified on the cross. But there's actually more. How much more? Unsearchable. 
Interesting, this word manifold, remember in the Old Testament, the, in the book of Genesis, Joseph had a coat of many colors. It's the same word. And, and so, and so if, if you will, the, it's, it's God wants us to see his many colors. God wants us to see the different aspects of his wisdom and his glory. And one of the ways you know that you are a spiritually maturing Christian is you long for the wisdom and glory of God. You long for it. You come week after week after week hearing about Jesus, about Jesus, about Jesus, and you don't tire of it because you want to hear more and more and more. You hunger for it in your soul, and you hunger for it in the souls of others. You want others to know this Christ. This is why God has done what he has done in creating the church and why we must be part of the church and the church is to teach the word of God. People think that church is a place that we just go to. The church is much more than a place we go to. The church is, is, is if you will, is God's trophy case of grace that preaches to the cosmos. Now, scholars debate, is this the evil spiritual world or is this the angels? Well, certainly the Bible really seems to indicate that it's both, although when we get to chapter 6, he'll be specifically talking about the, the principalities that are hostile to the kingdom of God. So there is so much more to the believing church than people think. Remember, the believing church is evidence that God's plan is at work and is coming to pass. So let me ask you tonight, friend, are are you discouraged? Are you down? Do you have doubts? It's important to remember that in God's eyes, this plan is a done deal. His plan is a done deal. It cannot fail. It will not fail. It is absolutely impossible. So the church says a lot to the world and to the universe. It means a lot more than than just Sundays, but it means no less than Sundays. And we're coming out of the season where, you know, people just kind of just take off for a few months. Well, it's the summer, you know. I worship God at the beach. Really? Really? So, so you're sitting at the beach and, and, and you're hearing the preaching of the word of God. You're worshiping with God's people. You're convicted of sin. You're repenting. You're taking the Lord's table. You're, well, I, I had a sandwich. <laughs> the church is so important in God's sights. How important is it? That's why the forces of darkness minimize the importance of church life. That's why. That's why the the forces of darkness work so hard to distract the people of God. Because the forces of darkness want to dim the light. This is why we must stay hard, work hard to stay unified in church. We must, as the scriptures say, be knit together in love. Why? Because both the seen and the unseen world are watching and listening. 
In verse 12, we're free to come to God boldly and confident because of Jesus Christ. And through fervent prayer, we can make the gospel known to the world. In prayer, we get wisdom and strength for the mission of the church. So once again, let me ask you, is being part of a church important? Oh, yes, sir. You better believe it is. Ephesians 5.25, let's just take our eyes off husbands for a minute. The apostle writes this, Husbands, love your wives just just as Christ also loved the church and gave his life for her. To think... We can, and I understand a lot of people have been hurt by church, but we got to really, we really got to go after them. We got to go after them. You got a friend hurt by the church? I will make time for them because this is so very important. In years gone by, a lot of Bible teachers used to teach you if you're not part of the church, you're probably not even going to heaven. This is so important. I know this is going to sound cruel, but to think that we can live the Christian life without the church is actually arrogant. It's arrogant. It's saying, it's said here in Ephesians 5.25 that Christ loved the church and gave his life for her. And you're going to say you don't need the church that Christ gave his life for? That's arrogance. It really is. The church is God's plan and Christ died for the church. Verse 13, he says, Therefore, I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you. Another version says, I don't want you to be discouraged because of my sufferings, which is your glory. What is he saying? I'm here because God has a plan for me and because God has a plan for you. And it's important that everybody remember that. And so here, the Apostle Paul becomes Pastor Paul. Remember, the apostles were pastors. And he speaks up and he says to the people in Ephesus, listen, don't lose heart at my tribulations. You say, oh my gosh, this guy came to us and he taught us the Bible and he got arrested for it. No, he says, "Don't, don't, don't, don't lose heart. Don't give up. Don't grow faint. Don't, don't give in. Because if you do, you will be useless for the mission. The forces of darkness will have achieved their mission. They will have taken you out. And so here the pastor with a heart bursting with love and the grace of Jesus Christ encourages the people who are worried about him. This is a pastor's heart. This is what it is. Care for people and constantly pointing people to the Savior, and to the glory to come, and to encourage people to stay faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 and 17, the Apostle Paul had been talking about all the troubles of life, and he said, therefore we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. So outwardly, things are tough. It might not, you might be in poor health or everything hurts. You know, you, you go to the doctor's office and the doctor says, where does it hurt? And you say, you know, it'd be easier if I told you where it didn't. <laughs> be a lot faster. 
But he says, don't worry about that because you're, you're perishing on the outside. Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. It's a fact. Don't, don't think, overthink it. It's a fact. And then I love this. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Oh, friend, if you're hurting today, it's just for a moment. A million years from now, we're going to be laughing about this. That's it for today with pastor and Bible teacher Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. We hope and pray that Pastor Jim's simple and passionate verse-by-verse, line-by-line teaching through the Word of God is bringing growth to your Christian faith. Now that you've heard from us, we would love to hear from you. Please let us know how we can pray for you, answer any questions you may have, and let us know how Change by Love has helped you. Perhaps you want someone to explain to you how to have your sins forgiven, how you can go to heaven, and how you can get started or restarted in your faith. Maybe you're looking for a good Bible teaching church in your area, or maybe you just need someone to talk to. Remember, friends, we are here to serve you and to help you, so that someday the Lord will use you to serve and help others. That's the way the kingdom of God works, and we're thrilled to participate with you in the adventure. There are many ways to contact Pastor Jim and the team here at Change by Love. All of our contact information is on our website, www.changedbyloveradio.com. Once again, that's changedbyloveradio.com. Maybe you would like to bless us by writing us a card or a letter. Our mailing address is Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Once again, that's Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Please join us next time on this same station. Until then, stay close to Jesus, and we know that you too will be changed by His love.